Hey family, how's it going out there? Hope everyone is doing well. This is Coach Cookie, your life and relationship coach. If this is your first time listening in, thank you so much for joining me today. If you like what you hear, please give the podcast a like, comment, and please don't forget to share with your family and friends. To all my regular listeners out there, welcome back. And I want you to know that you're greatly appreciated. Here at Rising Higher, I'm going to give you some snippets for success to not only help you to survive, but to help you thrive. Now, in today's episode, I want to talk about why is it so difficult to leave an abuser? But before we do that, let's talk about the high points from last week's episode called Wounds Inflicted by Narcissistic Family Members. Now, in this episode, I talked about how so many people are suffering adult narcissistic abuse because they were raised by families carrying their own generational wounds. Individuals who have been hurt by narcissistic family members feel this intense pain. They feel sadness. They feel uh, regret, anger, and sorrow, and even over-responsibility toward their narcissistic parent or family member regarding what they have done to them, uh, how they treated them, or how they continue to treat you. Um, how they treat others and possibly for the state that they're in, that you're in right now as an adult. However, as adults, we have a choice to learn how and why the past has affected our lives and how to heal from this abuse. Yes, as an adult, it's time to take the bull by the horns so you can heal past being a victim and feeling powerless, obsessed, poisoned and damaged. If this episode sounds interesting, check out the entire episode. Again, it's called Wounds inflicted by narcissistic family members. Now, I want to take a few minutes on Cookie's commentary and talk about how to figure out what you really want. To kick this off, I want to remind everyone, especially to my parents, that you're not superhumans and that you're just people doing the very best that you can. I know my parents out there who have been through some serious challenges when it comes to your children and what you have to do each and every day to survive just to make it from day to day. Often we are so traumatized with our life experiences. We have this fear that has us stuck in a corner thinking we don't have the options and that you can't do any better. This is such a bad space to be in because sometimes we kidnap ourselves from the lies that we actually want. And a lot of times we do that because we think ourselves into a different path. So I'm dealing with this or something similar to this in one of my coaching sessions. And I got to thinking about this and I realized that when this happens, we are our own kidnappers. So today I want you guys to take some time and list all the ways you have silenced your truth about what you really want in your life. And then ask yourself, are you kidnapping yourself from the life that you really want? In other words, are you allowing fear to give you your power away to keep you from doing what you really want to do. To all my listeners out there, don't do that because when you give away your power, you disconnect from who you really are and what you really want out of life. Now, as a life and relationship coach, I have learned that there are a few key steps that you can take to make a U-turn so you can make the decision to get out of fear and be yourself. Now, the first thing is to do a self audit. Be honest with yourself and ask yourself, where am I holding myself captive? What is working for you and what is not working for you? This is important because over time, 
we are taught to fear. It's nothing wrong with that because fear is necessary inner alarm system that we all need in order to survive in the physical world. But let me give you an example of what happens when you allow fear to control you. What usually happens is that life throws you a few curveballs and we get hurt. We turn to stop taking risks. We eventually stop taking risks and start being afraid. We get afraid uh, to put ourselves out there and take a challenge. We start calling ourselves practical or realistic and making choices that seem responsible. But really, the truth is that we're so afraid of criticism and being hurt again. Even if we are really being honest with ourselves, people who often call themselves realists are often just dreamers who got their hearts broken because they went out and took a risk at one time, but they got their heart broken somewhere along the way. So how do you make a U-turn? Just think and ask yourself, what do you know that you wish you didn't know? Okay, what do you know that you wish you didn't know right now? For example, are you hiding from the truth that you hate your job, but you are scared and you don't know where to go next? Or maybe you are hiding from the fact that you married the wrong person, but you are scared to admit it because it's going to unravel your life to get a divorce. Or maybe there is something going on with your health, but you're scared to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear the diagnosis. Whatever it is, tap into what's deeply true for you. Seeing things as they actually are. In order to find out what you need, you need to see the truth of where you are. Right now, I know I have some of my listeners who could be feeling pain bubbling up inside of you as you look at what's true for you. But that's okay because it's time to be willing to let go of all the hurt and the pain and launch into the next stage of your life. And, and in other words, those truths that you have to deal with, deal with them head on and let the chips fall where they may. So you can just be yourself. It's time for you to start living your life and truly be yourself. After doing that, follow your freedom. In other words, pay attention to what feels good to you so you can finally set yourself free. If you're not sure about what feels good, step out on faith because your purpose is either right in front of you or it's going to be around you. When you step out and you experience anxiety, a disconnect and something feels off, trust that because your body is a messenger and it is constantly giving you feedback. So let's talk about that career you got. Let's just use that for an example. Your career that you have now may just be a vehicle for your own self-expression. So what you need to do is list some ideas or things that you enjoy doing that could be a career move for you. Then check with your body and see how that feels to you. Do you feel joy, fear, expansion or contraction, excitement, dread, liberation or suffocation? Pay attention to patterns and skill sets that you that that you use when you feel most inspired remember when dealing with a career the biggest issue is not about the money but what are you going to enjoy waking up doing every day for the rest of your life doing something that motivates you and inspires you this is important because when you are in your inspiration you're not being ran over or kidnapped by the by your fear. The last step is to engage. I think that perfectionism is a mask that we wear when we are afraid of failure. I can really preach about this one because I am so guilty of this. So ask yourself, am I a perfectionist? Because the truth of the matter is clarity comes from engagement 
It does not come from thought. So if you want to be powerful, think about your list and pick something that feels good. Then show up and see what feedback or feelings you get. Make a commitment and know that you can go through the whole course through that. Now, if it doesn't, if something doesn't feel right as you're going through that course, you can correct it along the way. Look back and think. We all have an opportunity to free ourselves and it all starts with taking a look at who we are, doing a self audit, following what feels good and taking action because it's important to be able to connect with your truth, your body and being really happy. No matter where you are in your life right now, you have the opportunity to make a U-turn. If this is something that you feel is necessary in your healing journey right now and you're really close to this point but you're struggling go to my website at risinghigherlife.com and schedule a free one-hour consultation to see if you could benefit from one-on-one coaching now today i don't have a question specifically today for cookies commentary uh I mean, not cookies commentary. I don't have a question today for keeping it real because the question that I had, I made a topic out of it. And the main concern was that a lot of people have family or loved ones who have gone through narcissistic or another type of abusive relationship. And they wanted to know why they are so in love with an abuser and they can't leave them. And I thought this was a good question to put out as a topic. So I'm going to do the best I can with it. Here we go. I know when I was in college and I was in my intern and I did my with the Rape and Abuse Crisis Center because my my major was in psychology and criminal law. And I remember that when I would do my counseling sessions with these women, I couldn't believe some of the things that they were going through, not only with them, but with their children were going through as well. They would have the their husbands or their significant others would force the women to take drugs and force babies to take drugs and had them all hooked on drugs. And I would go home wondering, oh, why do they keep going back to these men? Well, not long after that, that counseling experience that I had in college, I graduated from college. I fell in love a few times and I had the opportunity to experience being abused for myself by narcissists. Of course, we have all been in love at some point in our lives and we all know that falling in love usually occurs before we really know our partner. Yeah, it happens. And what usually happens to us is that we're at the mercy of this unconscious force called chemistry. So when chemistry takes over, it's too late. So don't judge yourself for loving someone who doesn't treat you with care and respect. Because by the time the relationship turns abusive, we're attached and want to maintain our connection with this person we fell in love with. When the victim develops empathy for the abusers, but not only for themselves, that's usually what happens. So we are unaware of our needs and this makes this make the victim susceptible to manipulation from the abuser. We have so much empathy for the narcissist that it feeds our denial system. So we continue to rationalize and justify why we are with this person. And we tell ourselves that it's okay to endure the pain that the abuser is putting us through. 
there may have been hints of red flags of abuse at the beginning of the relationship but we missed those because abusers are good at seduction and waiting until they know the partner's hooked before showing their real colors by then love is cemented and it doesn't die very easily this is the point where a lot of people get stuck they get stuck in and don't know how to get out or why they don't want to leave the abuser the big question is how i got to this point to begin with let me tell you i went through several abusive relationships before god revealed to me why i kept attracting these people and why i would make excuses to stay with them for those people with loved ones who don't understand and you ask yourself why they love someone abusive and why they do and why do they make excuses for the abuser and stay with them first off this is really difficult to understand if you have never been through an abusive relationship yourself but today i'm going to spill the tea and i'm going to tell you the madness behind why is it so difficult to leave an abusive partner if we weren't treated with respect in our family and have low self-esteem we would tend to deny the abuse because we are not we are not recognizing it as abuse because we have been treated in this manner most of our lives for so long the reality is that we won't expect to be treated better than how we were controlled demeaned or punished by a parent or an abusive adult in our childhood so later in life we accept it because it feels familiar and that's all we know and that's all we understand so as adults what happens is our motivations are outside our awareness and control because we're wired to attach to the abuser for survival now these instincts control our feelings and our behaviors we basically feel like we are worthless if we can't be with the abuser so as, as a result the victim works so hard to appease their partner so they can connect to love again so what this vicious abusive cycle usually looks like is after an abusive episode abusers will turn on the charm if you threaten to leave baby don't leave me you know i didn't mean to do that da, 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 da. And, you know there goes a love bombing all over again be like okay baby it's at this time there's a honeymoon period Often the abuser professes to love us. The abuser may seek connection and act romantic, apologetic, or remorseful. And the victim, we want to believe it and feel reassured about the relationship. And we feel hopeful and lovable. And believe it or not, but during the honeymoon phase, the victim is relieved that there's peace for right now. The hurt has stopped temporarily and they feel safe again so basically they're sucked back in at that time when the victim feels safe and is in denial they don't know it but the honeymoon phase is just a temporary ploy to reassert control so the victim will stay with the abuser now this is the catcher It's at this point when you know that the victim is obviously in denial but this denial provides an illusion of safety. This denial is known to happen in any type of abusive and alcoholic relationships. When a victim is in denial, it doesn't mean they don't know what's happening, but they don't realize that what they're going through is abuse because 
our views of love is so minimized or it's so twisted from our childhood wounds. The victim's self-esteem is so low that they become delusional to the point that they believe the abuser's belittling, blame, and criticism. So during this abusive cycle, the victim is brainwashed and manipulated into thinking that they have to change to make the relationship work. This is why the victim works so hard to meet the abuser's demands. A lot of times, the victim believes that they couldn't find anyone better than the abuser. When we receive occasional and unpredictable positive reinforcement, we keep looking for the positive. This is what I call the roller coaster ride of denial that keeps us addicted and hooked. Partners may be emotionally unavailable. They may periodically want closeness. After a wonderful intimate evening, they pull away, shut down, are abusive. We don't hear from the person. We become anxious and keep seeking closeness. We mislabel our pain and longing as love. The breach of the emotional bond feels worse than the abuse itself. That's because the victim experiences that chemical imbalance of the euphoria and the dopamine that feels like an amazing high. And the victim will do whatever they can to get this feeling back again. So this chemical imbalance creates what's called the trauma bond. This bond is created from that roller coaster ride of the good times and the bad times or you could think of it as those repeated cycles of abuse in which the victim is rewarded, followed by being punished. Okay? The victim is so addicted to that chemical high that, uh, that is, uh, they're so addicted to that chemical high that is created when they are rewarded with the extra love, the attention, and the good times they have with the abusers. This strong emotional bond is like being addicted to a drug. It has this where it keeps the victim resistant to change. This is the main reason why abusive relationships are the most difficult to leave because of the emotional addiction. So we become codependent on the abuser so they lose themselves trying to constantly please the abuser. To all my listeners out there, remember as adults, when we fall in love, if we haven't worked through trauma from our childhood, we're more susceptible to idealizing our partner when dating. It's very common to seek out someone who reminds us of a parent with whom we have unfinished business with or any other adult who was abusive to us that we have unfinished business with. Or you might be attracted to someone who aspects, uh, has the aspects of both parents or that abusive adult. For any of my listeners out there going through any type of abusive situation with your significant other or family member, start to learn what it is that you need to do to start loving yourself, heal, and meet your own needs. Take the steps necessary to confront abuse wisely and learn to set boundaries. Raise your self-awareness and raise your self-esteem. I know for a lot of you guys that this process is easier said than done. If you feel trapped in an abusive relationship or you can't get over your ex after you have left them, we may need to talk. Go to my website, risinghigherlife.com, and set up a free consultation to find out if you could benefit from one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you have a question that you'd like for me to answer, go to my email address, uh, heycoachcookie at gmail.com. I would be more than happy to answer your questions. Just remember, when I answer your questions, I'm going to bring it raw. And I'm going to keep it real.
This is Coach Cookie reminding you to love yourself first as we rise higher together. Be blessed and I'll talk to you soon.